you know, one thing like we, I think we get, we get to like this spiritual level with this. And we've talked about power of now, you know, from a very, um, you know, purpose of life, you know, the find that state of being, you know, and that's been a big focus, but, but even like, even as we talked in the past JD and we're talking about getting things done and functioning. And I say JD, cause, cause we've just had conversations like this and he, he would just drop little power of now comments and quotes <laughs> and, and just even as it relates to just using your ego as a tool the power of now and just the state of recognizing that now is the only time that you're operating in, you know, and, and shedding the, the past and the future as far as anxiety, as far as, you know, the worry that's associated with it. Um, and just recognizing it's, it's only in the moment, but it feels like there's a lot of, there's a lot of power and, and maybe we could have a discussion of that, especially as we're heading into, you know, the next book, which is talking about habits you know, it feels like it's going to be kind of a weird transition from this existential, you know, state of being. And now we're going to jump right back into ego and say, okay, this is how we train ego. Good pet, good little ego, <laughs> you know? So I wanted to open up with that and see what you guys think. <clears throat> yeah. Well, the whole concept is you can go very deep spiritually on it, but it, it is, a very practical, useful tool to live in the now because yeah. you realize that if you're not in the now, you're just wasting your time. And so it can be you. You can look at it either way, and that's what I love about it is it's it's completely practical yet it's also super esoteric and you know spiritual at the same time. So it's you can like in normal business if you're thinking about what's going to happen tomorrow, you're worried about things you know coming and this and that. It doesn't do you any good. It, it even in the now, it does you no good to be thinking about all that stuff. You know, it's just just focus on what you have. You know, even if it's a, a a task at work, focus on what it is you have to do right now and get it done. Don't worry about that other stuff. So I, I love that. It's it be easy way. I like what he says about that. How you know you can worry all you want, but you're you're trying to cope with something that doesn't exist. Like you said, you know, mm -hmm. you're, you're worrying about something that that's down the road and it may or may not even happen. He, you know, he calls it another illusion. And, uh, you know, he says you have the tools to cope with, or you have, you have the ability to cope with what you're experiencing right now. And that's, you know, as I thought about it, it's, it's just very simple, but profound to say like, yeah, I'm going to survive in whatever situation I'm put in. Right. Like I'll, I'll cope with it. I'll figure it out. And I always have. And, and so I can only assume that, that I always will until I, until I die. But I don't know. I just really like that, that, that we don't have to worry about anything. There's nothing. We, we often just worry about things that don't even exist. Yeah. I love that aspect of it. What does that mean? What does that mean when it comes to setting goals and, and, and JD and, and even JD going back to business, you know, you can't, you can't really just operate your business from day to day. You, you kind of have to, you need to forecast, you need to look into the, you need to kind of project out on things. How does that different than, how is that different than what you're talking about? Well, they asked that question in the book to Tolly and he says, yeah, it's good to know which direction you're headed. So yeah, you can set goals and have a direction. But the, the thing is, you know, which, which way you're headed, but the problem is a lot of times these things come at us from the, from every which way and it distracts us from being able to actually work now towards what we're working on. Hey, does that make sense? Yeah, like, it's, it reminded me kind of, of like the British rowing team because they, they had yeah. their focus on yeah. becoming the best rowing team, but their their focus on the now was what whatever thing was coming up at that time them, that they had to make a decision whether they're going to do it or not it was that same question is this going to make me row faster yes okay does this help the boat does this help the boat go faster i love yeah. that that's a great story that's a perfect example christian it's like like for me i sell cars right I'm like oh i want to sell 50 cars this month but i can't sell 50 cars this month today but i can do something right now that will that will better facilitate that goal 
And so if I'm always like, oh, I'm not at 50 cars today, it's, it's going back to the gap in the game too, right? You're looking at yeah. the future and looking at like, oh, I'm not there yet. It's the same thing. That's a way to pull yourself out of the nap. The thing is you do what you can right now. What can this do to, to better move me towards that goal? But right now it's, it's kind of tricky because it's, it's almost like this mental thing. You're like, oh, I, I want to look at the future so I know where I'm going. But at the same time, if you if you live in the future, and that's not what he's saying. He's not saying don't look at the future. Don't look at the past. Don't live there. Don't be. Don't let it become you. Don't let it take over your present. Notice it, but look at it from kind of like a, as an observer rather than a participant in the past or future. Yeah, you can let life slip by if you're looking for tomorrow to – to get better and to improve and to take advantage of things because tomorrow never comes. Mm-hmm. Um, so go, go a little bit deeper in that. Cause I, I feel like we've had two books where both books focused on forgetting about or not forgetting about, but they talk about the, the distant, you know, the goals and things are just out there and you're, you're using that as a target and you're going in that direction but you want to focus on the now. And I think, I think that's starting to make sense now that we've talked about it for almost two months and John, you need to weigh in, buddy. I'm, I'm curious to see what you think about this. Um, so, so yeah, what do you, you know, let's keep talking about that. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to just think about like what, as far as concluding thoughts go with, with the power of now, <clears throat> I haven't really gotten anything. I just, I mean, I think I've said it before too, that the concepts from both books, I I love it. It's like, okay, this is like part of finding happiness and and experiencing peace or serenity in our, in our everyday life is just focusing on the now, um, you know, measuring our, our gains and not being overly overcome by our, lacks you know our, our shortcomings um or the the lack of achievement but i still feel like i'm stuck on like the implementation of it all i mean how how can i be better at at you know bringing myself back to the present i was just thinking about it just now the number of times i yelled at, at the person in front of me as i was delivering tires today it was like they don't even hear me. So I don't, you know, it's not like it matters, but like, I was still like, just go, you know, like the light's green. And I don't know why I'm even in a hurry. Cause it's not like I, like nothing I was doing was like, Oh, we're running short on time. I need to get there fast. I just wanted to be there so I could be done, you know? And, and so I started, you know, so I, knowing that I wasn't in the present or, or in the now, and I, probably did was was looking at gaps instead of gains like how can i be better you know what practices can i implement that are going to bring me back because obviously we've talked about that like you have to you have to be give yourself some grace like it's going to take some practice to get to the point where you're living in the in the now constantly or or consistently i should say you know i don't feel like i'm even starting to do that so I don't know. What Did you do. recognize like you yelled Not at today? You yelled at the we were you. talking about it now. <laughs> okay. I was talking to a guy today um, <laughs> and he was talking about kind of something totally different, but my mind is all, you know, wrapped up in the power of now. And, and, and what he was saying just absolutely resonated with it and, and with gap in the game, he was talking about going back and, and rewriting his, his experiences from the past basically more or less asking for a redo or, or claiming a redo on those, those instances. And, and he was referring to something, I don't remember, like he hit his sister or something. And, um, but, but take John's example, like we can go back and, and, and reference those, those times where, where we're yelling at, at people on the road. Right. And instead of, we can basically, tell ourselves like, no, that's, that's not me. That's not who I want to be. I don't claim that, you know, we don't, we don't identify with it and, and we just, we move on. And, and he, this guy I was talking to about, um, has been doing it kind of with like all of his life experiences and, and just, and just turning them around. And essentially he's applying the atonement in retrospect and allowing himself 
to be present and allowing himself to be to not be a, an accumulation of his past, but to be who he is now, which is, you know, who he wants to be this, this changed person, this, this better person. Um, anyway, just, I, I really liked what he was, what he was talking about. And, and I was just as like, man, you got to read this book. This is like exactly what they're, what he's, what he's talking about. It's just allowing you to be present, allowing you to be who you choose to be at this moment. I mean, that's essentially what we have, right? That's what we are. Yeah. Dropping oh, good. Uh, I was just didn't it come from the gap in the game where he talked about that, like going mm -hmm. back into your past and claim that, mm -hmm. like take it back. Yeah, this is the way you remember it. But like, what did you gain from that experience and, and rewrite it so that it was a game? Because right. everything was that from from gap and gain or was that from that was from yeah. gap to now? Yeah. Anyway, like, yeah, you were just saying that and that was like, Powerful oh, I think tool. I remember that. Yeah. So, John, how, how, how do you rewrite your experiences today? <laughs> <laughs> Let me think about it. <laughs> I think you just you just don't claim it. Don't don't identify with with that version of who you were today. Right. I mean, just because you yelled at somebody. to. Sorry. Just because you yelled at somebody today doesn't mean you need to yell at somebody tomorrow or, or maybe you yell at less people tomorrow or you know, you don't have to say, yeah, I have road rage because that's identifying with, with mm -hmm. the past, right? Agreed. Yeah. Anytime you identify yourself with some sort of trait, it, you lock yourself into it. Like you say, I am an angry person. You're just, mm -hmm. all you're doing is creating that. Just disidentify yeah, that. Even if you want to, even if you feel like you need to bring it up, say, I even say I used to be, if you, ha if you have to use I or, you know, there used to be some anger there, but it's gone or it's something like that. You know, don't, don't ever say I am. And then, or, and then put some sort of label on it unless it's something that you truly want to create in yourself. Yeah. That's what I've learned. But. Yeah. And I think, I think recognizing it and just, just even, even just recognizing it and just, that's it. And then let it go. You know, that's, that's probably that, that can be your simple win. You know, today I yelled at somebody. Okay, it's gone. Yeah, don't you know, judge it. Don't judge yeah, it. Yeah, just leave it. Good mm -hmm. point, JD. Yeah, just, just, just recognize it. I think that, and this is a, this is a weird thing too, because, because there, like, when you look at something that's happened and it's not in alignment with, with your, with the light that you're seeking, there's kind of a judgment call, right? That's not in alignment. You're making a judgment call to not have that be in alignment. But I, there is there is a nuance in that where you can just recognize it and and not be drawn to it without without judging it. True or false, JD uh, or Christian? Or without, without identifying with it, I would say. With okay, I, I'd say that sound, makes a little more sense. Just don't identify with it. Don't make it part of you. Like that happened, and notice it. Move on. Just let it go. And that's the only way to truly let it go. Because if you say I did this or I, I had a hard time or whatever, you're still you're holding on to it. Your ego is wanting to still make that part of you. But if you can just witness it, um, not identify with it, look at it like an observer, like we were talking about last week, be that observer of the whole situation, recognize it for what it is and just move on. Yeah, I think that's I love that. But I, I, I would also want to just add that, like, there's, you know, maybe try to identify something I learned, right? Like, I'm just thinking like today I learned that I, I still need to find patience with others, you know, like, but try to put that learning point, not as a negative, but as a positive, like I still have room to, to improve, you know, it's not a negative. Like I, like, I don't have any patience. I still have, I'm still working on that or I'm still, there's still room to grow. Well, I think, and we've had this conversation in the past and on past episodes and I and you know I've had a lot of discussions with you and I know that this is also a like a a pain point for you which is in the last chapter of the power now that talks all about surrendering mm -hmm. and surrendering to the now. I mean just even when you were talking about when you were in your car delivering those tires you just wanted to be there and you just wanted to get it so you could just be done. You weren't surrendering to the now and you hate surrendering it's like your least favorite thing to do is surrender 
because you feel like you're weak or whatever if you do surrender but but that's not that's not the case it's a false mindset but surrendering is a huge part of living in the present and living now is literally surrender surrendering to whatever circumstance is going on right at this very second because if you can't do that you're yearning and you're looking for something else that isn't right then right here now and so that doesn't mean you're giving up like we were talking earlier you're still trying to move forward to something but if you're getting angry and getting upset at someone or something it's because you're not totally surrendering to what's going on right now so what are some good so christian i think that's a i think that's a good point to open up another discussion what uh what do we do to surrender you know in the moment are there are are there some things that we can do to recognize to to practice to work on unless unless john you want to kick back and we can evaluate more of your <laughs> your your life and and where you feel like like you want us to all weigh in on on how you're doing I can, can i add a little more framework to that and i i don't I don't know if this this fits in, but you know he draws a lot of a lot of parallels um, to nowness and being present to Christ. Mm-hmm. And um, I was at a retreat this weekend, and we were talking about surrender. And one of the guys there, he made a really interesting point. He said the important thing about surrender is that we need to know what we're surrendering and who we are surrendering that to. Um, because that makes all the difference, you know, like that, that totally puts into perspective, like what it is we're actually doing. So I don't know, John, if that helps to frame that a little differently, you know, if we're, if we're talking about surrendering to the now, essentially with all the parallels he drew with now in Christ, I'd say we're also surrendering to Christ. We're surrendering to his, his nowness, his presence. Yeah, but I think there is I think there is a difference between between what what you're talking about and just like because like right now I'm I have nothing negative going on, but I'm still having to surrender to right now what's going on and talking to you guys being here in my chair. And I mean, I guess you could you could debate with me that it that no me sitting here talking to you guys has nothing to do with me surrendering to Christ. Like, there's no struggle no, here. I, so, and, and I I take your point. And I I agree. I I think though that maybe what you were saying about John was was more directed at what I was talking about. You know, what I, I mean? was like, talking about the moment that he's in and it's and that's that's the thing about the power of now. It's, it doesn't matter whether it's negative, positive, whatever you could use. I think you could use what you're talking about as an additional like bonus to elevate your ability to be able to do to do that in harder situations. Um, but I believe that it's also there is a distinction between the the two of when you would surrender something to Christ or when you're just surrendering to right now like like it's not like we're we're because i feel like that like if i were to be able to take the description out of my head and place it in front of me of the difference between surrendering to now and surrendering to christ they'd be totally different like descriptions definitions <clears throat> that they wouldn't, they wouldn't necessarily be for me but i i get what you're saying i just you know and in, in all in all the 12 steps, they talk about doing, doing God's will and, and understanding God's will and, and just forsaking our own will. And, and if we're truly doing that, then essentially we're, we're seeking to be near God and to, to surrender to his, his will, his, whatever he needs done. And, and so to me, like if I'm living my life in the present and living my life in God's will, like the two are kind of synonymous you know like i should be doing i don't mean should but those two should align i guess is what i what i mean does that make any sense yeah should keyword right yeah it should align but that doesn't necessarily mean that they they are aligning but 
you know, I agree. Like if we're trying to live our lives the way, you know, like all of us in the same faith, trying to live the way that we've been taught, then yeah, we always should be in that, that, uh, trying to do God's will and being present in the now at the same time. Um, but I, I feel like it's possible to be in the now and not be doing God's will. So, so I feel like it's, it's, it's like a double-edged sword to me, I guess, through that. So, yeah, (laughs) no, I I think you're right. All right, JD, what are you, what are you thinking? Well, it's, it's, it's a little bit off topic, but do you ever, you know, that age old question, you know, if how could a perfect God create such a, a world with such terrible things, you know, that happen in it. And I was thinking a lot about that this week. And the reality is he didn't, he created a perfect world. It's us that's created this world, this, this world of duality of good and bad, positive and negative, you know, we created that. Even if you, if you follow the, what we believe from the scriptures, you know, it was man that created our current situation. It's the ego that created the situation. And so if we can overcome that ego, we actually, we move into a new world, a world without this, this duality. Cause uh, I think uh, totally talks about it. So I, you know, cause one of the people asked like, well, does, if you, you know, find one of these portals, does love come through that portal? And he's like, no, love is, love is all there is. It's like, it's not, or it does come through the portal, but it doesn't, you don't feel love. It just, love is a, is a, it doesn't have an opposite basically what I'm trying to say. The same thing with joy. joy, actual joy doesn't have an opposite. There's, there's pleasure that has pain or happiness that has sadness as an opposite, but those, those true um, characteristics of God, that the, the ways of being that come from him, they don't have an opposite. I think part of this is actually recognizing that and believing that. And that is the, that I think that is one of the most difficult things about this is actually believing Christ and believing what, who God is and what he is and our relationship to that, because we want to put these, these positives and negatives. We want to, we want to just judge everything and our, ourselves included. And I think that's just not the way it's meant to be. Thought that. So we okay. We've talked a lot about Christ in this. What about what about the devil? What about Satan? There you go. <laughs> that's is that is is that straight all it is? Do you think so? So as we get into as we get into this and draw spiritual parallels, I, it has been very easy for me to say, okay, the state of being is being at one with your spiritual self, and ego is the natural man. But is the natural man kind of a a a state of the body that can be easily influenced. And then aren't there outside pressures pushing those influence to more, you know, life essential skills of eating and sex and, and trying to protect ourselves, just those natural base instincts, but aren't there other pressures pushing us in that, in that regard as well? So you, you're talking about, is there something for us to blame for what we do? Like I, it's not, it's not no, really that's not what I was talking about, okay. but that's, <laughs> if you think about it, that's what the idea is, right? You're like, you can always point to somebody else, you know? Uh, well, yeah. Well, yeah. I gave into it, but, it, but so-and-so tempted me. And so that then you could just pass the blame, right? You can, well, I don't know that you can actually pass the blame. I mean, ultimately we did? make the decision, right? No, anyway, your ego wants to pass the blame because your ego wants to, wants to be this yeah. innocent victim, right? Yeah. But it's, it uh, wasn't it's, me. It's, Satan did it. Exactly. <laughs> if, if that's if that's true, then you would have no responsibility anyway. So what's what's the point, right? So, yeah, I agree. It, one of the things he says is um, all negativity is caused by an accumulation of psychological time and a denial of the present. He says unease, stress, fear, anxiety, tension, worry. That's all the case of too much future and not enough presence. Guilt, regret, resentment, bitterness, grievances, sadness, and all forms of non-forgiveness. That's too much past and not enough presence. I 100% Satan plays off of those things. And he, and he tries to get us to stay in those things, to be stressed or anxious about what's coming down the pipeline. Or to feel all this regret and, and sadness about things that happened or things we did in the past. Like... That's his his playground, I think. That's where he tries to to keep us under his thumb. 
So the pain How body, the pain body is Satan. Yeah, that, that's I've. I like that. Like, there's a draw that you got to admit that there is still a draw. Like, and JD, I totally understand what you're saying, <laughs> and and I don't want to make excuses. I think we need to be responsible for our actions, no doubt about it, and and the choices that we make. Um, especially when we choose not to live in the now and, and some of those things, but, but yeah, he describes a pain body and, and may, and I totally forgot about that, but that's probably my correlation to Satan. You know, just when you feed that pain body, it gets stronger and stronger. And I think that, yeah. Yeah. Pain body is an accumulation of negative energy that's that built up. Same, same thing, what you're talking about there is that, you know, um, the, the past, like the accumulation of the past. It's basically damning yourself. Cause if you look at your, your past and your present and you, or, you know, your past, you define yourself by that. Your future will be exactly the same as your past was. That's, that's the definition of damnation. And so yeah. Yeah. there's only way out of that is the now there is no, you know, straight is the gate and narrow is the way. Right. It's it, because the now is fleeting. It's right now. If there's no, yeah, it's, it's not else. something you're going to do tomorrow because that'll never happen. No. <laughs> and you, so you got to do it right. You, yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's settled. <laughs> <laughs> no, I and I love it. it. Like my head, I'm kind of at a. I'm kind of like being stretched in there too. I, 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 JD, you, you speak wisdom, you know, and but you know, I'm, I still am with, with Chaz and feeling, feeling influences and feeling like there is something else that's pulling, maybe using the ego to do it. Maybe, maybe that's simply what, maybe we're putting this all on ego and saying it's ego that's, you know, that we need to take responsibility for, but, but well, I feel I, like it takes energy to, to be in the present, to, to stay actively in the present. Yeah. And, and the path of least resistance is, is out of the present. Right. Like, and that's, that's the one that we're going to fall into naturally as, as long as we're not putting any effort into it. And I think the, the, the law of entropy takes over and we just kind of naturally fall into either, you know, worry and stress or, or depression from the past. Or either yeah, like energy to do that though. That's saps huh? your energy. You know, Living in the past and present, that will suck all your energy. Well, look at the state of mental health in the world today, because everybody lives in the for past. Sure. For sure. But it's it's easy to sit in that, right? Uh, easier, I guess. Like, like you have, to, for me at least, I have to actively, maybe energy isn't the right word, but I have to actively be trying to be present. It doesn't just happen accidentally. I guess it would if given the right circumstances, but on a normal basis, it's something that I have to, to consciously push myself into. Yeah. Cause we're breaking free of our, our conditioning. It is like, it's because we're conditioned. We've learned our ego is in charge and it's running the show. And so, yeah, it does take energy to, to step aside, suppress whatever you want to call it to get out of that. Um, but once, once so you, you go ahead. I think that's what maybe you're getting at. You think you can eventually get to where that presence is, is just your natural go-to and, and, and it isn't something you have to consciously monitor and, and keep up with. That's the point. That's the whole point of this book. That's what Tully's talking about. That's where he's trying, trying to guide people to that's where he ended up on kind of by accident. I mean, not by accident, but that's where he ended up. And remember he said early on in the book, he's like, you know, the place that everybody's trying to get to, I realized it already happened to me, you know, and that's, that is the state. That is the, the state of being that this book is trying to teach you to look for. And I believe, yes, I do believe that's possible to get there to a point where that is your natural state and the past and future really don't take any of your energy anymore. Hmm. But it's, it's a, so if, for, oh, go ahead. To go back to, to Jason's question, then, if you can naturally sit in the present, are you free of, are you, you know, more or less free from Satan's influence? It's a good question. Why don't you tell me when you get there? Because uh, <laughs> totally well, doesn't, doesn't go there, you know, he doesn't talk about that. 
I would say no. I wouldn't say you're you're you never you know, really are. Yeah, I would say no. But you know, I think, but I think with with when you when oh my gosh, when I cannot talk. Okay, we <laughs> when, when going into the present, when the present becomes your natural state. Oh my gosh, then I think that that's where like people who do struggle with like mental illnesses with addictions and things like that that is where those addictions will start to alleviate themselves because it's it's a coping mechanism right like addiction is mm -hmm. it's a bad coping mechanism so if you can turn the now into your natural state then that means whenever you have these bad emotions that come up that normally you would go act out on your drug, whatever it is to suppress those emotions. If you can just focus on the now, you don't judge the emotion that's there and you can acknowledge it and whatever, see it for what it is, observe it, and then let it go on its way. Then I, I, I feel like addictions would just take care of themselves because then you're having yeah. the coping ability to cope with with those past traumas or whatever it is you're dealing with yeah like when, when you when you boil this all down really if you play the role of a victim whether it's victim to your past victim to your future um or you have you have anger towards somebody or something you're putting the ability to make any difference on something else you're you, anytime you place blame somewhere else that takes away all your power to create and to be, and to be, it takes all, it takes all your power. Cause anytime you give that to somebody else, you don't, you, you, you fall into that role. You're like, Oh, I'm a victim. I can't do anything about it. And so I might as well just stay here and wallow in whatever it is. But if you can take, if you can understand that you, the now is all that matters, you can take that power back from any other source that you've given it to, whether it's your past, whether it's another person, whether it's a future, any of that, you, once you take that power back, you have complete control over your life. It's a, yeah, it's well, if you're, if you're being a victim, then then you're obviously not in the now. You can't be in the now and be a victim at the same time. Like it's it's not possible. Mm -hmm. And that seems like the essence of what Tolly is saying in this book too. Is just take that power back. Don't don't give it out to past, present, or any anything. Just take it back and realize that you have it. That it is who you are. You have the power to be right now. Look on a on a really just a practical thing. Like like me and my business. My business goes up and down all the time, right? And so I've started practicing. I've been practicing this for a long time now. And like last month was the worst month we've had that I could that probably ever. And this month is not going any better. And in the past years ago, when these when I had these downtimes, I would get so frustrated and so freaked out, thinking, "Oh no, the world's ending. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. All this, you know." And I would find myself it would go into my body and have these these feelings, these negative feelings. I get into this just, "Oh man, I don't know what I'm going to do." And see, but I moved forward to now and it's the same exact circumstances, some, maybe even a little quote unquote worse than they were before, but I, it doesn't affect the way I feel at all because I know it's going to change. But, and all I do is like, what can I do right now to, to, to make a change that might help this situation? And it's, it's the not internalizing it that is, has made the difference for me. It's not that the situation has changed or gotten any better. It's just not internalizing it. It's made a huge difference. And, and maybe even, maybe this is up a layer, but your, your emotions aren't, aren't getting mixed up and, and what's just happening. Something right. is just happening. It's just an event. And if you, if you add the, the stress and the worry around all of that, it totally, it, it totally destroys who you are. And, and, you know, and I remember that, and we talked about this, this, this affected, and this has affected me in similar ways too, but. JD, I mean that that affected your health. I mean, mm -hmm. you you it really brought you down because of because of some of those stressors. And so that's it's amazing to see that contrast of of where you are right now in comparison. And you know, I, I don't know as though that we want to live in an unprepared state, but honestly, if you can remove the emotion and the worry and the stress about events that are happening in your life, how much easier is it going to be? 
to just deal with crap. And because, I mean, it's really not crap anymore. It's just a thing. It's just yeah. I've been. There's no such thing as problems. It's just situations to be dealt with. That, that really, yeah. that he talked about that. And that is such the truth. And when you, yeah, yeah, when this crap comes up, it's so much easier to deal with if you're not worried about what's going to happen in the future. If you're not like, oh man, this is going to ruin me. Or this is, I don't know how we're going to get out of this. All that negative, just meaningless future talk does nothing. If you can stay present, you can easily make decisions. And it's so much easier. It's, it's night and day. Well, there it is, guys. We're done. Apply it. Have a good life. Yeah. For real. For real. Got that, John? All locked in, ready to... I mean, no, and I'm not mocking it at all. It totally makes sense. It's a practice thing, though. No doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a practice thing. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I find right now, and this has been helpful, like, like big breaths... <laughs> And it might sound kind of funny, but that is that is that is how I recenter myself. Or I've got a good friend that I work with. She just she talks about grounding yourself, and it's how I ground myself. Like yeah. I feel it starting to come on a worry, a stress. I just take a moment. I've got my I've got my nice little Samsung watch. I just push the breathe button on it. You know, it has a little stress thing, and you hit breathe and just yeah, do that. And for like, do that. I'm telling you, it's real. That's so real. Oh, Jason. yeah. 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 Amen. Yeah. Amen. He even mentions it. It's a pretty, uh, uh, what's the word? Fundamental aspect of uh, meditation, too, just focusing on your breath. So that's it. That's why inhabiting the body, right? Because if you, if you mentally inhabit your body, nothing bad can stay in there. You know, and the breath is one of those things to do. And then another tool you can use is humor, you know, just, make fun of the situation even if it seems terrible just make fun of it it's it's what you know pretend like you're a comedian it, that definitely helps it's helped me <laughs> even if you're not funny to other people if it's almost funny to you you're sitting there and you start laughing what's yeah. this problem no i love that i am curious if you guys have noticed that your drives just like as you're driving down the road do you notice more since reading this since when you're when you're truly present do you look around do you try and feel how your how the even the the steering wheel feels, or like trying <laughs> like that seriously? Very thing today. What's that? I did that very thing today. <laughs> Paying attention to what the steering wheel feels like. Isn't that weird? But yeah, it's just like trying to be as present as you can and experience everything as it's happening to you. And I, and honestly, just in my family, I've, that's been one of my goals that I've, that I've set, you know, as I look into the future is to try and be present with my kids, you know, what am I doing right now to, to get the most out of the people I love and, and trying, you know, with my, and, and it's, and it's totally changed. It totally changes your perspective and how, how present you are, um, you know, and, you know, I was sharing a little bit of that with JD and, and he was, he was giving me some good insights, but you know, it's, it's amazing how, how much better it is when you just are present. I mean, it's really, it's hard to, it's really kind of hard to describe it in the podcast. I mean, I think we've rehashed it and described it again and again and again, and, and it's just a matter of, of doing it, but relationships can be so so drastically affected by that you know even if you have somebody that you're you know that you're a life partner with or a a kid that is is not living in the now if you can be present it can it can totally turn situations around and it can help it can help lift them up as well and you have to drop the ego to to truly be present with somebody too because the ego will want to try to to be present and do the superficial things or have the superficial conversations, but that's not the same. You have to drop that. You have to get past that to be truly present with somebody and connect soul to soul. That's what being present is. Yeah. That's crazy. How that's crazy. How much that can be a hurdle in relationships. And, and obviously just saying, yeah, yeah, your ego can be a problem in your relationship. That totally makes sense. But as we define it with, with everything that we've been doing and talking about, but yeah, that's, that's a big, big deal. There was a, so JD and I, we just barely talk. So I'm sorry to keep, 
I'm not trying to exclude anybody else when I keep bringing out these things with JD. We just had a big long. What's that? I feel excluded. (laughs) So, but, but there was, there was something that, uh, that we were talking about and, and I wanted to share really quick for me, um, when I felt that state of being, when it hit me really, really hard and the experience around it, JD described his last time. But for me, it was, I came home from, uh, raking leaves and then I went to, a, a you know, a church activity. I went to a baptism where I had been working with some kids. Um, they got baptized and I came back and I was changing after that. And I was in my room and that's when that state of being hit me. And it was just like nothing I've ever experienced in my entire life. It was just so, so amazing. Just filled with light and, and joy. And joy is the word that, that is the best thing that I, joy and light are the only things that I can use to describe it. Cause I mean, I just remember like looking at my arms, just feeling in my body, just like I was on fire. I just felt so amazing. And, uh, and, you know, and it was the fact of service, but, but JD had a comment that was really kind of, as I was describing that, um, and, and JD, you're going to probably have to remind me a little bit about it, but it, it felt like it was a profound moment for us. Um, just, you know, when you can, when you serve somebody and when you're helping somebody, and even if it, I mean, sometimes it, it, the state that you're in of putting down your ego and being present with that person it gets you in that in that state of being but when you're doing it for somebody else maybe it's their humility that puts them in a need to have to focus on that state of being and be being present with you to where where both of you guys coming together can create you know a really powerful effect um and jd that didn't seem nearly as eloquent as how as how you worded that but i mean did you what else how else how else would you describe that well, if I remember correctly, it's when when somebody is in need of service, typically they've gone through something that has forced that ego out of the way. You know, it's it's forced it down. It's they've it's prepared them to be in in a more present state. You know, because they're they're reaching out for help or they're needing help that they can't do themselves. And that humility automatically overcomes the ego and puts them in that state. And then if you have the opportunity to serve somebody. Do that sacrifice because you have to sacrifice either your time or your talents or your money or something through that sacrifice. That is another tool that you can use to overcome the ego. And so what happens is you have two egos from different different reasons, different methods have been put out of the way. And then you can come together with another person or another group of people and actually truly communicate and connect on that that whole spiritual level. I think that's what Jason's talking about there, that that the egos were set aside by both parties and that's what true communication is. And that's what being in the now, that's what happens when you're in the now with multiple people. Yeah. That, and, no, and, right. I, I don't, and I don't necessarily think that it has to be, I think service just in and of itself can be a very strong way of being present, you know, cause it puts me in that state regardless of whether somebody else is in that state with me. But I think it's I think it's really really powerful uh, powerful way to feel that light and joy. So sa- sacrifice basically what we're getting at sacrifice is one of those ways to to suppress that ego or to overcome that ego. Where on Tolly's hand it was it was suffering. You know he he had gotten to the point where he couldn't stand to live with himself anymore. So he got it was it was suffering that that pushed that ego and basically destroyed it. You know? Yeah. Uh, so, so service and sacrifice, those type of things, that's that's some other tools that we can use on a regular basis to lessen that power of the ego, live more in the now, and allow the, our true self to shine through. Hmm. Just a thought. Yeah. So, you know, another one that's... Well, actually, I'll, I'll open it up. Does anybody else have any thoughts on this? Like any insights as we're wrapping up, you know, this ideal of being present, living in the now, just measuring backwards, which is just another way of living in the now. 
I have more of a question. He talked a lot about getting into like your inner body. I, I did not follow him at all on that. I did not understand what he was talking about. Like, can somebody put that in layman's terms? Like, what is he – for for a minute, I was like, oh, maybe maybe he's talking about, like, accessing your spirit or, or being in tune with your spirit. But I didn't follow him at all. <laughs> you talking about when he's, when he's saying inhabiting the inner body? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. I mean, at first he's like, you can't just, I think he was talking about deny the body or, or fight against the body, but, mm-hmm. but accepting it and going, going in, into the inner body. And, and he was even talking about like levels of that and like going deeper and deeper, you know, it's like, I just, I was lost. You vaguely remember that. You know, I, I took it as kind of a tool, like a just a mental tool you can use to be more present because there's nothing more present, you know, physically than your body, right? And so if you can bring your mind and start and focus on your body, because that's what he said. I think you, you you feel your hand, you know, feel the aliveness in your hand, feel your arm, feel your legs, you know, those type of things. Just feel that there's actually something there that you're present in this body, which is a physical thing. And that can, I think that can help be a mechanism to make it to where you feel more present just in general in, in life. That, that's the way, that's what I got out of it. Yeah. And I, I think you're right. I guess I had a hard time joining those two, those concepts because in my mind being present is essentially trying to forsake the body, my carnal self, my, you know, my carnal appetites, my animal instincts and, and try to <laughs> elevate my my thoughts and my actions and my my feelings and so when he was saying you know to pay attention to the body it was kind of like well wait a minute like it felt like everything i'd ever been taught was like you know try to try to overcome the body and 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 hone in on this on your spirit and on the spirit when he was describing that all i really remember thinking about was like he was explaining meditation is what it seemed like to me like like when you're sitting there and doing meditations you're you're like literally thinking about like parts of your body your breathing how it's going in you how it's going through your body and even inhaling it goes into your lungs and then it goes into your bloodstream and from your bloodstream it goes to your head and your legs and your fingers and like visualizing all of that in your like like actual body like that's that's how i actually envisioned it when he was talking about it like literally thinking and trying to imagine it being in your body and how it's working how it's functioning right then and there because there's like jd was saying there's nothing more present than that yeah Yeah, i like that it was just a mechanism to use to bring yourself to the now and it's just to get like really really deep into the now you know, Chaz, one thing that I think is kind of an interesting point is, you know, is the body or is it ego evil? Is it bad? Is it something that we're trying to overcome or is it something that we're trying to, to lift and rise? Yeah. Yeah. To master, to, yeah. to not, to not get away from it, but to learn how to, how to use it properly, how yeah. to you know, wield its power. Yeah. And so what, and this might be, this might even be a good transition as we start to do, as we start to talk about other things that might tend to dive more into to ego. But I think of our state of being like a, a, you know, kind of that force that, that is pulling and lifting our ego. Right. So that, so that maybe may, you know, our ego is what we use to to do a lot of functions, right? It's a tool that, that we, that we use to, to process our, our lives, isn't it? I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's the comparison between enlightenment and salvation. Have we talked about that before? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, enlightenment is, you know, like what the Buddha taught, you know, trying to, it's the relinquishment of the ego, where salvation is actually the purification of, of all of it. And that's what Christ taught. He, he, 
he brought it full circle and taught that it's it's the purification of the body the ego all of it so if we allow our higher self to do that and like what jason jason what you were saying is pull it up because our higher self is perfect it's you know it came from god it knows everything it's it's this fallen ego you know natural man that has to be kind of drug along until i think i think that's a that's a progression and it can start to snowball and i think as as we start to through christ you know and the atonement and uh, repentance purify that ego then it can really start to to open up life as those, as those two come together yeah I love that. I love that quote. I love, I love that combination of comparing enlightenment to salvation, you know, cause I think, I think a lot of time, and I just wanted Chaz, when you're talking about that, I, I wanted to just differentiate about, you know, I, I feel like sometimes we are slamming our, our egos and, and the natural man. And, and I think that it's, it's something that we're working with, you know, to, to lift and, and that's and that's the whole purpose of our existence is to is to grow and learn through that and by by being present and recognizing that um, through that state of being we can lift ourselves and take control of those situations to become and and live in the light. Yeah, and I I like what JD said about um, purifying that ego because you know, to, to maybe tie all this together. I really see it as, um, learning, you know, taking the ego that I've got my identity, my, my experiences and, and the way I believe that I roll or that the world rolls and, um, taking that and allowing God to give me my true identity. Um, and that's, that's kind of how I see that, that ego being purified is, is coming to understand what God sees in me and what my potential is. And, and, you know, like this, this divine identity, not, not this identity that has been an accumulation of all the, the crap that I've waited through, through my life. Yeah. Yeah. That was the early chapters. Totally. The early chapters, wasn't it? Trying to disassociate that identity that you have gained from your early life through your ego because that you're right that's not you it's your divine identity through your state of being yeah it's a process of surrendering those parts of your ego that aren't truly you right it's letting go of those things the identity aspect of this book about what we're just talking about about who we really are has has probably that might have impacted me maybe the most out of out of everything because of because it's it's uh because whenever you identify yourself with like i had said before things about you that are unchanging like like me i'm christian i'm a son of god i'm a father i'm a son and um i'm a husband hopefully that one never changes um but you know those things are they're those are unchanging for me so i can identify with those a hundred percent of the time and be totally safe with them and they're never going to get destroyed no matter what nobody can take away any one of those from me at all ever um and it doesn't matter what my life situation throws at me that doesn't change and so holding on to that and then everything else is just a part of my life situation and not my life, which makes it easier to uh, compartmentalize situations that I don't turn into problems. But do you ever feel like Satan steps in and tries to cause you to second guess those identities, right? Like, I, I think that that's Satan's greatest tool is to, to challenge our identity and to help make us forget it. You know, like you can say you're a father, but Satan steps in and says, no, you're a terrible father. Like you, you know, you, yeah, you, you fathered those kids, but you're not a good father to them or, or you're not a good son or you're not a good this or that. Like, do you ever feel like that, that happens? Grab the breathe app. 
<laughs> yeah, if I need an excuse, uh, I like to use that one. No, I mean, I mean, I'm not perfect at it. I mean, it's 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 obviously something that's fairly new to me the, of trying to identify like everything that way. Um, uh, I mean, that's a good question. I and I can't really like pinpoint that. I mean, there's times where I'm 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 no, I'm still I get mad at at Bradley or whatever that 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 but that's not but when i step back even after you know right then i even i do get mad and i do fall out of the present um with that but afterwards been able to use clock time not psychological time and look at that event that just happened and be like that was anger mm -hmm. and not judge myself for 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 feeling angry but you know, correct it now, and because when I'm already doing it, like it, I can I can correct it right then. If I, it's a lot harder to correct it when you're already pissed off and you're fuming hot. Like it's it's a lot harder to go right back into the present. But I think it's been easier to when I'm when I do get mad or whatever to see that and to be able to step away from whatever situation it is to and this isn't just with with getting mad at with with uh kids it's it can be with anything but recognizing it and then immediately removing myself from whatever that situation is so that i can get present with myself and with now and then try again to be totally present in the situation going back to handling whatever it is i needed to handle does that work with red licorice absolutely not red licorice <laughs> dude that is so you want to get me out of the present just eat that licorice around me <laughs> you know um chaz oh, when i so great. sorry i i was uh you know i was thinking about your question and for me i think that when i feel negative identities or and maybe it's not necessarily an identity maybe it's just a trait that i'm not proud of or i, I start to feel the judgment settle in you know, and just not being happy with myself, any of those kinds of feelings, that's seriously when I just really, I was joking around, but seriously, it's just breathing in that moment. I just try and, I just try and avoid my mind placing judgment. That's the number one activity that I, that I partake in right now. It's not necessarily trying to identify with that true identity for me, at least. It's just trying to remove any of those 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 feelings that come in that feel like they're filled with judgment usually it's negative shame or or anything like that and and just trying to breathe through it and and then once it clears out you know or you know once once you feel recentered again then then i don't I, I don't feel like i've identified with that thing i feel like i push that aside and does that make sense mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So i don't, I don't Cause, cause you're right. That stuff hits, that stuff hits and it can hit all the time. You know, I feel like I have, I feel like whether it's an untrained ego or, you know, it just, I feel like I am constantly watching what I do and what I say, and I'm, I'm constantly judging myself negatively, but because I have that kind of trait built in, I'm trying to rewire that to, to have it tap in more so to that state of being and, and using that to, to recognize you know, recognize those feelings and just trying to clear it. Yeah. Recentering same, it. same here. And I, I was just was curious what your guys experience has been. And I think probably a lot of people can, can, I think that would resonate with a lot of people in knowing that, you know, yeah, we have our identity, but, or, or maybe it's like something we know in our head, but, but Satan challenges it. Like, do we really deep down believe that, that I'm, that I am good or that I am, you know, a good father, a good husband. And, and the Satan will try to tear that apart and he'll See, take advantage of our ego to do that. And I, and you know, I don't, I don't know if you would call this devil's advocate, but it, earlier when I was, when I was talking about my identifiers, like I said, I am Christian. I am a dad. I am a father. I am a son and I'm a husband. I didn't label any of those with good or bad. No, I know. So, and so, so 
so when it when it comes to challenging my actual identity it doesn't matter whether it's good or bad i they'll, they'll still never change and so so when it comes to satan challenging me on that like he's he can't challenge me that i'm a dad like he just can't because i am one like that's something that can't change he can't change that i'm a son of god it doesn't matter whether I, I mess up or not. Like I don't label myself that way because I'm imperfect. And so, so I don't label myself. I'm a good dad. I label myself. I'm a dad because I know I'm not perfect and I'm going to make mistakes. So if I label myself as a good dad, when I do screw up and I do something as a crappy dad, that goes against my identity. And therefore my identity has now been challenged and can cause problems. So, so by is there value then and taking that position it's kind of a neutral identity honestly i mean to say mm -hmm. i am i am a son i mean it's not saying i'm good or bad it's just a fact i am a son right you but know, that like, it's it makes it so you know for me it makes it so there's there's no challenge there it's like what is he going to challenge me on it's like i know i'm imperfect he's like you can come to, you're a crappy dad yeah you're right sometimes i am a crappy dad okay. but if i'm in the game then I can say, yeah, look what kind of dad I used to be and look what kind of dad I am yeah, now. Yeah, totally. And did. so, like, I can say, yeah, I'm a good dad. And, and yeah, maybe I do things sometimes that are not great. You know, it works against my ideal. But if I'm staying in the game, then I should still be able to say I'm a good dad. Sure. I just, I, I guess my question is, is there value in in identifying with positive things over you know neutral identities i would say yeah but you'd have to be careful i mean because it goes it goes against it goes it's where you know because there's a lot of affirmation stuff that's all about positive like mm -hmm. positive reinforcement trying to train your subconscious mind of i'm this or i'm that or i have all these sayings like people talk about manifesting or whatever like they're saying these things over and over and over. And the whole point of that is to try to sub train your subconscious mind so that you naturally, naturally do things to reinforce what you keep telling your subconscious mind. And when you start doing that, it become your, you start to manifest those sayings because you start to naturally do things to reinforce what you've been telling yourself. And so you can, go and tell you tell yourself positive identifiers um if you want but i just i'd just say you just have to be careful on what you're doing because if you're identifying yourself that can that isn't neutral then it can your your identity can be challenged yeah um, i don't know where i stand with that i mean i listen to the conversation I feel like there's been, I guess, this thought coming into my mind that um, I wonder if Satan is is using the ego and the experiences that we have to throw that, you know, to challenge those those core things or those those factual things about ourselves. I don't know. I just I feel like there's like yeah, he's yeah. using that. To, right and and i to destroy our our existence you know to make us miserable yeah and i get what what you're saying too christian um but but yeah i i guess i'm i don't know i agree with both of you guys but i don't i'm trying to grapple with you know is is it still better to have a positive identity and have it be challenged than to have a neutral identity. That's what I'm, I just don't know where I'm, where I'm at with that. That's a good question. But if, if you're going off what the book says, you know, totally says somebody talks about having a relationship with yourself and he says, well, do you even need to love yourself? Why do you have to love yourself? Cause when you love yourself, you're splitting yourself in two. Right. And so if you have a positive um, view, view of yourself, you're still splitting yourself in two. Why not just be yourself? You know, just be what you are and not not have to put a label on it because if you put it as going on with Christian saying, if you put a label on it, whether it's positive or negative or that, neutral 
Well, yeah, well, neutral, because neutral would be not labeling it, right? It's just yeah. being. Um, but if you mm -hmm. put a positive or a negative label, there's always the the con the the opposite exists, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and so that that is my take on it. It's a very interesting question, though. Mm. I guess if you could always it's stay in the positive, but this is almost impossible to do. I, it, the the part that is hard for me to swallow when he's saying just be yourself. Like, what if yourself is not a good great person or the person that you're that's, you're wanting that's to be. Self he's talking about that's the ego self he's talking about your true self your your higher self like your mm. your self from god basically you're you're one that's always been that and that's what he's saying he's not saying be your I ego guess. self because yeah that'd yeah, be your talking, yeah you're right. talking about like a life situation not not your life mm. so someone yeah. who's a crappy person that they're doing things which it's they're technically their life situation not who they are and i think anybody that would go through this right. process of you know serious meditation internal respect you know just sitting there and trying to find that state of being is going to change I, I i don't think that they would be that that person anymore if they found their true their true state of being you know anybody that's because yeah. I, I think that process it just eventually will change you there's no doubt about it well, it has change, to. Your, change your ego. It'll, it'll, yeah, change your yeah, yeah. It'll find, help you find your, yeah. your, your essence. Your yeah. Self. Once you connect, once you connect with your true self, then that light will shine through to your ego, I think. And, and that's, and that's what, that seems yeah. like what he's saying, what totally saying anyway. Because yeah. once you do, do that, you? the other stuff doesn't matter. The stuff that, because people who are, disgruntled doing whatever or being bad people it's it's not because they're inherently bad it's just because they've if they oh, i'm i'm gonna stumble on myself hold on um edit this part out <laughs> i can't uh uh skip me never mind i my mind i told let me jump in there <laughs> I just the the key word I think is the situation, right? Like the situation that anybody's in, they're gonna use that as justification for their actions, right? Like I did that because you know, whatever it could be, like I'm hungry, so I went and took that candy from that that trick or treater, you know, or you know whatever that situation. So I, I did a bad action, or what's viewed as a bad action that makes me a maybe a bad person um under you know the ego or you yelled at a car in front of you delivering tires thank you that's what i was looking for <laughs> but you know what i mean like but that doesn't make me a bad person it was the situation that drew that out and that's so i'm yeah. not living in that present but if i come back to that present and then i just realize I'm, I'm neutral that i'm i'm driving down the road today and there's a car in front of me that's it i don't judge it one way or the other and i'm just just okay with it because I'm in the present. Yeah. Ding. <laughs> Not loud enough. <laughs> I know. I can't get <laughs> or long enough. Or high enough. Yeah. Jolie so, uh, wraps it up perfectly. I love how he ends the book where they ask, Well, how do I know when I've surrendered? And he says, When you no longer have to ask the question. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I think that's a great ending. Uh, yep. Perfect ending for the book and the podcast.